Women in Diplomacy listeners, welcome back. I'm excited to introduce you to Melise Tusaray. She is founder and president of Hey Ladies, and she is here to talk with us about how to be a great mentee. Welcome, Melise. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, before we start, can you tell us what is Hey Ladies? Hey Ladies is an organization that I founded about a year ago um, that provides professional advice and strategies to women who work. Our mission is to make these career coaching services essentially more affordable and accessible to women. The website for the organization is heyladies.org. And so we're developing an online platform right now to enable women to get the day-to-day help that they need in their jobs um, in a really easy and affordable way. So recently, you wrote an article about how to be a great mentee in Conscious Company Magazine. Tell us a little bit about that. Where can we find it? Yeah, so Conscious Company Magazine is a magazine that looks at um, the future of business, um, and they look at companies that are responsible, sustainable, you know, the the people who are doing the good work um, to protect our society and our environment and all of that. Um, the magazine's available at various stores, including Whole Foods and Target. Um, and the article is also available on Conscious Company Magazine's website. Are you able to provide us with a little bit of a preview of, of what you think are the top qualities to bring to being a mentee? Yes, of course. I think um, when we're talking about mentor-mentee relationships, we talk a lot about what the mentor should be bringing or what the mentor should be doing. But I think we don't talk as much about how mentees can really shape the relationship to get what they're looking for out of it. Um, And so there's a couple of things that I recommend that mentees really consciously look at and consciously do. Um, The first one is when you're a mentee and you're coming into a relationship with someone who is a mentor, who you're hoping will become a mentor, it's important for you to know what you want. Um, So one of the things that I've heard and I've also experienced as a mentor myself is that you sit down with a potential mentee and you go, how can I help you? You know, what do you want from this? And the mentee goes, oh, I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) And it's one of those things where, you know, we don't know your life. We don't know your your goals, your career. We We don't know all that. And we have a lot of knowledge. And so it's really helpful for us when people come in and they sit down with us for them to know what they want, for them to be able to articulate that to us. That is such good advice. Do you think it's important to come in with any sort of format in terms of of knowing what we want out of a mentorship relationship? Or is it just enough to say, hey, I'm interested in what you're doing. I'd love to learn more. Yeah, no, I I know where you're going with that question. Sort of it's sort of like, is there a roadmap to walking into these into these meetings? Um I don't I don't think there is. I think that um, you don't want it to be too structured. And also sometimes coming into a first initial meeting with somebody or even a second or third one and saying, hey, I'd like you to be my mentor, kind of scare them because sometimes there's sort of expectations around that relationship that might feel like it's a little bit more of a time commitment than that person might be willing to do. Um, but coming in and saying, you know, this is the reason why I want to talk to you is important. And so whether that's I'm interested in going into this line of work, I'm interested in developing a career path similar to yours, 
I really like the speech you gave on this topic and it's a field that I'm interested in. Coming in with something a little bit more concrete of why you want to talk to that person is important. Um, but you don't need to come in and say like, here's points one, two, and three I want to go over with you. This advice is career gold. Thank you, Molly. <laughs> Everyone out there, I hope you're taking notes. Um, I know that one thing you and I have discussed is the idea of, of being authentic. And I loved this part of your article because in this day and age, there's so much networking going on and things are happening so fast. I think it's really easy to get lost in the mix or kind of go into not robot mode, but a little bit of an automatic mode when you get to a networking event, just making sure you're making the rounds and handing out business cards. Can you delve into what you mean by being authentic? This is some, a point that I make a lot with people and <laughs> everyone always laughs about it but um, because it sounds a little bit arrogant, but it's true. And the reality is that you don't have, you don't need anybody frankly. I mean, when you're networking, you often go into a room and you think, okay, I have to talk to 20 people um, or I have to talk to the head of the panel, like the, you know, the moderator or the keynote speaker, whatever the case is. Um, because if I don't, I, I'm going to have failed at this networking event. And um, that's not true. You don't need those people. And the reason why I say that is because there are literally hundreds and even thousands of people in your field who might be able to help you, who you might not have even identified yet. And so what I mean when I'm saying, go, you know, be, go, be authentic when you're going into these events, what I'm saying is be yourself and talk to the people who you feel a connection with. So don't put on a front, don't pretend to be someone you're not, you know, don't talk in a certain way because you think your target person is going to be interested in talking to somebody like that. Recognize who you are and who you're comfortable speaking with and talk to them. Two or three good connections at a networking event will have substantially more impact on your career and your and your life than 20 people that you had superficial interactions with. And whether it's conscious or subconscious, people know when you're being inauthentic. They know when you're putting on a front and they're less likely to connect with you and relate to you um, and deepen that relationship in the future. Mm -hmm. I and that, that. of course, and yeah. <laughs> and that of course applies to your mentor, right? If you walk into a meeting with a mentor and the two of you don't connect, there's no need for you to push that relationship to try to force it to happen. Just be yourself. And if you guys don't connect, then that person wasn't a good mentor for you, you know, to begin with and it's okay. And, you know, you sort of graciously close that meeting and then you move on to the next person. That's almost a relief to hear because I know that I have had a few of those meetings where, I mean, maybe also someone else has set it up for me where they're thinking, oh, Kelsey and, and this mentor could be a good match. And then it really doesn't feel like it, but you almost feel obligated to, to keep it up. Or having a mentor is emphasized as some sort of extremely important aspect of, of yeah. building our career. So it's almost a relief to hear because it, it sounds like the best thing to do in this case, is to not force any relationship. Right, yeah. And I think also, we both emphasize mentoring too much and too little. We emphasize it too much because we kind of created, again, it sort of as a formula where we're like, if you have a mentor, then you will succeed. If you do not have a mentor, you will not succeed. And we read the research, right? People who are mentored 
earn more, they advance faster, you know, they're happier at their jobs. But what those researchers um, and those articles are not talking about is the nature of those relationships. How are they developed? How do they connect? You know, what we're finding also is with these structured mentoring programs within companies, they don't work when the relationships have been in a matchmaking way. Like if I set Kelsey up with a mentor I've picked for her, it's 50-50 whether or not that's going to work. It's better if you, Kelsey, pick that mentor yourself. Um, And so that's part of the problem is that we're just sort of formulaic, like I have a mentor check, I will now succeed. And that's not, you know, how relationships work. But the other part of it too is that we don't recognize always um, that people who are our friends can be our mentors or somebody who is a very helpful mentor in one job or at school is not going to be a helpful mentor at another job or somebody who is a very good advisor for me on um, workplace challenges may not necessarily be a good advisor for me on applying to new jobs. And so what you really want to be doing is building a network of relationships of people whom you trust um, and who you're willing to listen to. And this is not to say that you take all of their advice 100% of the time, but who you can have a conversation with and who you can be open with about your questions and your vulnerabilities and get feedback from them that you're willing to consider and think about. For me, in many cases, my peers have been some of my best mentors. And totally. Now that, you know? And now that you bring it up, maybe that's because when you are friends or, or peers in a class or in a workplace, you those relationships are a little bit more authentic because you're kind of operating on the same plane. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only, and the other thing I would say too, and this is also in the article, bringing your A game, is that when your mentors, you know, are your friends and you're in these authentic relationships, not only are they helping you, but you feel, I don't want to say obligated, but you want also to follow through on your promises and you want to help them. And I think that often when we develop mentors in a professional setting, um, when we develop mentors consciously, Sometimes we sort of neglect that other aspect of it, Um, but mentors are putting their reputations on the line for you. And so it's also important that you are giving back to them and that you're delivering on your promises to them and that you're also helping them any way that you can. And so that helps deepen these relationships and make them more effective. So with friends, obviously it happens naturally, but when you're actually consciously developing mentor relationships, you have to be a little bit more active on that sort of give and take relationship. Very important. If listeners could see us now, I would be highlighting that line in your magazine. (laughs) Deliver (laughs) on your promises. And that's what bringing your A-game is about. I do love one of the last pieces of advice that you have for us. But I have to say, when I was reading it in your article, it's the one piece of advice that kind of set off an internal alarm for me. And that is ask for what you need. I think for me, this makes me really nervous because I'm still learning how to, to do that in my career. What advice do you have for us? Um, <laughs> the advice is ask for what you need. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I actually, <laughs> I mean, I wrote, I wrote in the article too. I mean, being so direct can be very scary for people. Um, very, very scary. And what I sort of try to, the way I ask people to envision this is what if someone came to you for an informational interview 
and then they asked you for something, how would you respond? And I think in most cases, people are like, well, yeah, I'd want to help them. Or like, yeah, I took the meeting. Like I'm there. I mean, when you flip, when you flip the script and you put yourself behind the desk, you're pretty open to helping people. And if you're not, if there's things that set you off or that you're uncomfortable with, then it's good for you to recognize that because then you know, okay, when I turn around and ask somebody for these things, I know how to adjust how I'm asking for it to sort of avoid those things that I know I get annoyed with. Um, so that's one of them. And the other thing too is that people who want to be active mentors, the people who you will start developing these relationships with, they want to help you. They agreed to the meeting. They want to help you but they can't read your mind, right? So what they really do need is guidance from you on what you're looking for. If you're relatively early in a relationship with somebody and you're not totally comfortable asking them to write you a recommendation or put your name forward for a position, something, you know, sort of a bigger ask, um, what you can say is, I'd like to go back and think about everything we've talked about. I'm working on X, Y, Z, you know, whatever your five-year plan is or your plan for the year, you know, I'm working on this. Let me go back and sort of review what we talked about, but would it be okay if I reach out to you again in the future? And that's sort of a way of baby stepping, you know, making baby steps into asking for a bigger thing. So you can get more comfortable and you can see how they respond. You can deepen the relationship before you ask for something bigger, but that's something that's pretty simple and easy to ask for. The other thing that I do recommend people, if they feel like the informational interview went well and they're connecting with that person is just ask if they have one or two other people that they would recommend you speak to, that they can introduce you to. Because that's a relatively easy thing for somebody, if they don't want to, to just say, no, <laughs> I don't think I have anyone for you to talk to. And it's, it's, it's a very little risk question. But if they do and if they like you, then they'll make introductions for you. So that's also another low risk way to start that sort of process and ask for what you need, engage the relationship, engage how comfortable you are with that person. How can we stay in touch with your work? I would highly recommend that everybody go to heyladies.org. Um, you, can, you can actually sign up on the website twice. One is for the newsletter um, and for email updates, you know, if we have events or anything. Um, but the other one that I highly encourage people to sign up for is on the homepage. When you scroll down a little bit, there's a form that says, be the first to sign up for the online platform. And that's for all the beta testers. So as soon as we have the platform up and as soon as we have this great curriculum available, um, those people will be the first ones notified to sign up and test and give us their feedback on what we're doing. Melise, thank you so much again. And we are going to continue with this series. So what will be the next workshop that we're going to do together? Um, I believe the next workshop we're going to be doing is talking about networking and why it is not as terrible as everyone thinks it is. <laughs> Perfect. So stay tuned. <laughs>